Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh pop-up greeting cards they have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35 percent off site-wide by using the code dcnews35 that's dcnews35 dcnews35 use that code and receive 35 percent off site-wide at insighteditions.com fans, comic book fans, fans of podcasts about comics, and lists about them in DC Comics. All of those things are great reasons for you to join in if you're just here because I'm one of those things that helps you get through your traffic, your, I don't know, data entry, sort of, uh, or maybe I'm the voice you hear when you wake up or when you go to sleep. Whatever your reason for being here, thanks for tuning in. Love the possibility that I can talk out loud and know you're listening, especially when it comes to a great set of books. And it just seems like there's always uh, another wonderful choice to be made about what will be my top five picks and which ones I'm going to be sharing with you each and every week. This here is episode number 105, and we are looking at all of those amazing books that came our way this week here on May 5th, the week of the 11th, because, you know, we try and key this up around the uh, release date. So these are books that you would have seen on the shelves, and a great thing about them is they're good to look at. I mean, let's start out with the first one here, Wonder Woman number 772. Uh, the original cover, it, it already gives you a sense of what the inside is going to reveal, but that variant cover, oh my goodness, there's something wonderfully majestic and mystical and mythical, and if I want to keep going with the alliteration, uh, metaphorical, and then, yeah, do I need to? No. Should I? I'm not. Let's push on. Written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan with art by Travis Moore, colors by Tamara Bonvalon, letters by Pat Brousseau, original cover by Moore and Bonvalon with variant cover by Joshua Middleton. We have here a story in which, well, if you're a hero, sometimes you have to use a little bit of trickery, deception, think... Ulysses. Think Hercules. Think about all the times you've seen a great hero use their mind to outwit a foe who thinks they have all the bases covered. 
when you're dealing with one that just happens to be a giant snake, well, then it can be important to get all the details covered. Nidog is a member, resident of the Yggdrasil uh, tree of the Norse mythology, of the many kingdoms that the Asir rule over. And it's a place that has drawn Diana, who is only beginning to remember more than that her name is Diana. And actually, she's getting the sense that she is Wonder Woman, and she likes the sense that goes with it. But what she doesn't like is that she's constantly dealing with the challenge of getting anyone else to understand what she's talking about while she's trying to unravel a mystery. Did I mention she's in Valhalla? Perhaps that would be helpful. Now, if you've been reading this series along, you know this. You're telling me, Seth, why, why, why? If you haven't been, and I'm dropping you in freshly to this story, Diana's been here for a few issues. And along the way, there are these hints that something is wrong, but that she's only gaining an awareness of it. And some of those things include the way some of the gods act. And trust me, she is more impressed with Odin than she is with Thor. Along the way, she met Siegfried, who was a perfect gentleman, never even tried to make a move one night when they all got drunk feasting in the halls of Valhalla, which is fun, just like the battles. And it, it would be innocent fun, sort of, if everything worked the way it was supposed to. But in Valhalla, everyone who dies on the battlefield is supposed to come back to life later, feast, and then join the battlefield the next day. That hasn't been happening. There's been a change to how things are done, and the reasons behind it are something no one is aware of or seems willing to get involved in. Now, for all of her understanding of right and wrong, Diana has no problem waiting in the middle of this and the gorgeous art that captures moments when she is in the midst of embracing what she knows to be the strength she feels inside, but also reaching closer to the person we all know her to be as the Wonder Woman of uh, the Omniverse. <laughs> and there are other hints that she remembers parts of her past. For example, when you're dealing with... Uh, Norse mythology, there are comparisons to other gods, and she herself has walked among gods. But there are also figures, creatures, and there are representatives who remind Wonder Woman about things. In fact, they remind her of things she can do, powers she has, and the moments of discovery are, are matched up against some beautiful visuals like giant crabs <laughs> and the appearance of a classic DC character who makes all that much more sense when you're talking about a place like Valhalla where you go after you die and who would be a great interloper for communicating with those from that place well put those together and you're going to know who that appearing character is if you don't uh, find me on social media, send me a DM, maybe I'll let you know, or maybe that's the incentive you need to pick up Wonder Woman 772. It's, it's quite fun watching her, you know, call out and put in their place 
Some Norse gods who simply aren't acting in their right minds or using their better judgment. And then there is also the uh, faithful companion, that Ratatosk, that <laughs> that sweet little guy who's running up and down Yggdrasil. And also there is the recognition that sometimes the greatest foe we can face is our darker nature. And when Diana comes to challenge that possibility or that opponent who represents that side standing in her way, she sets forth on yet another quest. And this saga of Wonder Woman continues. And perhaps that's one of the great things I love about this issue 772. It picks up where it was, it continues to tell a great story, and then it lets you know that we are by no means done. Great, great stuff here. Oh, by the way, um, you remember how uh, earlier I was mentioning Pat so on the letters. When you see the voice of Odin written and captured in those, just just stop for a second and then compare it to that of his son Thor being chided and with good reason and I think <laughs> I think you might have something to say about that if you do let me know I'd love to hear it in the meantime it's us well it's us it's time for us to charge along and pick up with my second book on the list this week I decided to go with Superman number 31 I really enjoyed this approach to the story. I mean, okay, so I think I've made it no secret just how much I have really loved Philip Kennedy Johnson's work as he's emerged on DC's uh, rotation of amazing writers. I loved what he did with The Last God. I loved what he did with things like House of L. I absolutely adored this uh Superman story that he's been writing, The One Who Fell, Part 2, goes back to a classic moment in one of Superman's adventures, and he's now joined by his son, and there is a recurring theme since Johnson took over about the idea of eventually, well, events that we saw in Future State playing out for both Superman and John, and because of that, we are inching closer to the idea of what it meant for both of them to recognize one day John will assume the mantle and that because of that he'll need to even more I don't know if confidently maybe comfortably maybe something else <laughs> when it comes to being that figure that people look to that they depend on now in this story that awareness is part and parcel with a really powerful reminder of, of how things seem so simple in the past and how sometimes the simple endings aren't so simple. They come back. There's more to deal with. The story actually continues with greater complexity. Capturing that complexity for us, um, just some absolutely uh, amazing work here. You've got uh, Scott uh, Gudluski providing art um, as well as uh, Norm Ratman. They're breaking up the pages. You can see the breakdowns in this issue if you check them out. Really interesting takes on style. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. We've got uh, Gabel Tripp providing the colors with a cover by John Tim, a variant cover by Inyuk Lee. Uh, 
Letters by Dave Sharp. And Breakdowns by Scott Kudlewski. So here we are charging along. And in this story, the discovery that something that was once thought vanquished has returned <laughs> and is even more dangerous now. It is threatening an entire population. And the one who is the offspring of the previous hero of this world is struggling, much like John, with the idea of what it means to live up to that legacy, how to be as great as someone who continually defines greatness, and also what what is possible when you think just about how powerful Superman and John really are. There's a gorgeous recognition of what John is capable of and the way Superman addresses it to his son is beautifully captured by those letters that suggest that there are some times when Superman realizes where he's gone wrong, what he would like to have done differently, and how he can see what he's going to need to do in response, but how now, with his relationship with his son and watching his growing comfort and uh, confidence in his powers, is able to actually recognize the problem and then go beyond what Superman might have considered was a possible solution. That portends well for some great things that Future State suggested for both of these characters. I love the way this issue is setting everything up, and it's a great way. And it's a great way for me to leave off as we take that all-important ad break, let you know of the great things going on here at DC Comics News, all the shows you might want to make sure are your calendar, and then, of course, any other, well, whoever knows, but it's always an adventure. So enjoy the ad break. We'll be right back. I've got my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35 that's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5 DCNEWS35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? 
Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke. <laughs> ears hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show, we're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. 
off the off the cuff. Let's go off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't. Want God damn it. Look, all right. We're gonna Scooby Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid. You shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. I don't know what it is, but sometimes when I hear that cool, jazzy riff right at the end of that last little uh, ad moment, I, I get like an 80s rock and roll vibe, like saxophones or um, also a little UB40-ish. What can I say? Every time I, I think I have a different vibe, uh, Bruno's just over there snoring away. Yeah. He doesn't really have much of an opinion on that, but I'm not gonna say his musical tastes aren't eclectic. I will say they are acquired. And with that, let's shift gears into a really great book to carry us through this episode, number 105 of DC Comics New Spinner Rack. I'm talking about the uh, amazing book that really sort of, man, Talking about DC Festival of Heroes, the Asian Superhero Celebration. This was such a fun book. This book, <laughs> I mean, my goodness, for starters, if I tried to give you all of the talent listed in this book, it would take the rest of this podcast. There would be no four and five. This podcast would be like an hour long. And, well, let's just say I used to do that. And I'd like to think I'm getting better. But first... If you get the original cover, you're going to love the amazing cast assembled on the front. It's such a great collection. If you don't get the original cover, that's fine, too. The uh, variant with uh, Cassandra is stunning. I, I love that, you know, the, the suit that she's wearing looks a little rough, a little ragged, but the smile confidence... The, uh, the little bit of a bruise or scraping on the left cheek and that sense of... We're just getting started. Plus that Bruce Lee hand wave, you know, come get some. That's a, <laughs> a great invitation. And then, for those who are interested, the new character here, the Monkey Prince, also has a variant cover. So take your pick. Enjoy your pleasure. And this series kicks off with a great story that I think captures just how wonderful the intent is behind this anthology. Once again, a place where DC Comics excels. And in this story, sounds by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Marcus Toe, with colors by Sebastian Cheng, with letters by Janice Chang. We get the story sounds captured through the effort that's required to speak. Cassandra Kane was raised by a father who felt that the effort in speaking was wasted when it could be used in the breathing required for fighting, and that by removing speaking from the equation, Cassandra 
would be an even more efficient and lethal fighter. So now, in this issue, she's lying on her bed, she's sounding out words in her mouth, and she's also got uh, Oracle in her ear. People need help, and she's quick to arrive on the scene, and the art is phenomenal. It, it captures all the things you want to experience from a Cassandra Kane story. Gotham, the... Uh, the way she's always underestimated, the way she is so nimble, so quick, and the way her history is constantly a part of what she's doing, how her inner monologue is talking about the things her father would say and do, the way they make her feel, the, the conflict she faces when she goes against them by doing something as simple as making a connection with someone else outside of her costume and while she has the chance to use energy, breathing, words, when she wants to, when she thinks it's important. It's a really interesting idea when you think about just how many times we come across situations, TV shows, um, people in different, well, forums and things like that. Boy, Bruno's really snoring now. You know, essentially people who their job is to get up there and talk. And sometimes they can just, well, bludgeon you with talking. Maybe I've been guilty of that before. You let me know. But the then response on the opposite side of the coin, the idea of what it means to be really conscious of how much you speak and use it sparingly, uh, simply because that's how you were raised. But more interestingly, if... At some point, you have the choice, but you, you weigh that choice every time. What is the value in using air that way? We're finite creatures. We only get so many heartbeats, so many breaths, so many other things before we no longer have them. And the awareness of that and the decision to use that as a great focus for the story, that for me is a wonderful glimpse through the keyhole at just so many amazing stories. I mean, I already told you that the variant cover features the Monkey Prince, so you know that there's going to be a rival there. We also get um, New Superman. We also get um, Connor Hawk. We, we, we get so many great characters and such great reminders of all the things they can do, all the reasons why, and I'm going to be serious, with this anthology, you, like I have, might be thinking, why don't these guys have their own series? Because these are great. Or what if there could be a spin-off series out of this featuring a team? Or maybe even um, something that I always loved back in the showcase days, when you would have two, three stories all in one book. So, how would that look like for these characters? Let them know what you think about them. You know, if you find this to be a really good book, something you positively, you know, responded to, and there's characters you want to see more of, DC Comics just might listen to you, because I know I'm letting them know, yeah, that's something I want. This was an amazing collection. It was gorgeous. Um, as soon as I got a glimpse at the previews, it was on my list, and it's, it's on my shelf, and I'm happy to share my excitement with you. Bruno's excitement is different. He's a snoring little French bulldog, and sometimes... When he gets really relaxed, well, that's just that rumbly sound we get. Thanks for not making him feel weird about it, you know? I mean, he's a good kid, but, you know, he's probably a little self-conscious, and maybe none of that's true, because he's also just 
sometimes so uh, obstinate <laughs> that I think to myself, subtlety, subtlety is not thy strength. Little one, not at all. So, here we are, cruising along. I think my Pipple Fiji finally settled. I heard a sigh. I think she might have gotten comfy, finally. Picking things up, Batman the Detective, part two. Tom Taylor's uh, really fun take on Batman as he is in London. We've got Pencils by Andy Kubert, uh, Inks by Sandra Hope. We've got Brad Anderson's Colors, Clem Robbins with the letters, Andy Kubert and Brad Anderson on the cover and variant cover. And through it all, what else do we have? Well, we've got a story in which Batman is being punished for all the people he saved. Something that kicked off in the first part of this story in which an entire plane full of people saved by Batman was blown up in the sky. And there just happened to be someone involved who Batman has a history with and who, while they are recovering from injuries sustained for being involved in that situation, is able to then develop more of a relationship with a character known as Squire. So, Batman is still working his way through this mystery, working through uh, London, and also trying to find out more about who this group is that is holding him accountable. They are relentless, they are violent, they are ruthless, and we get, because of all of that, a lot of great venues, whether it is Batman, you know, crouched atop, Say a significant monument. Maybe it looks kind of like Big Ben. Maybe it is Big Ben. Maybe it's Batman throwing someone off of Big Ben and having a bit of a time scaring them really well. Maybe it's Squire. You're going to have to read through to know exactly who's doing what. But from there, there's a chase on a train in the rain. That's right. It's lovely. It's rhythmic. It's fun. And then, well... A few more developments that start to point out just what it is that Batman is actually up against and how some really interesting characters from the past have found their way into this story. They might not be the ones that Batman wants, but because of the history, because of the case, sometimes you end up working with people you really didn't intend to. Sometimes, as the old saying goes, war makes strange bedfellows. Sometimes problem solving requires a bit of collaboration. And even with those you didn't want or expect, there's a great set of discoveries for you to enjoy with Batman the Detective. And also, so much more in store as this series continues on its way. Tom Taylor showing us what he sees and wants to tell about Batman. I don't know about you, but between the flowers, the bees, and the uh, birds and chipmunks kind of chittering and chirping in the trees, that the feeling is we're getting to warmer weather. Now, warmer weather is somewhere that the Joker has been residing while laying low after the Joker War fiasco. And in Joker number three, James Tynan shows us what happens when James Gordon decides to take part in an offer to hunt down the Joker. Art by Guillaume March, 
colors by Arif Prianto, and letters by Tom Napolitano make this a scary, dark, wonderful edition. Not only do we get a chance to get Gordon's perspective on something as <sighs> horrifyingly significant and seminal as the killing joke and the memories and the haunting, but also how that all informs his decision to accept the offer to go after the Joker and to find himself involved a bit in... It's a story that he understands because it's a story that is told through a murder. According to Gordon, every murder is basically a statement. It sends a message saying either I hate someone or I hate myself or I'm afraid or some other compelling detail. And it's those details that Gordon is relying on as he tries to work his way through the decisions on the part of the Joker to hurt and that in every situation a murder is a choice and that in the case of the Joker it's about what the impact is it's about whether you use a question mark or an exclamation point at the end of a sentence and the why there's also the fact that uh, there's someone else joining the game Someone who has a connection to one of Batman's oldest foes and who has, well, maybe he's not the oldest. I mean, this character showed up in the 90s, but since then made quite an impact. And in doing so, uh, sets up a great sense of tension that continues as we realize that when you go hunting for someone who's used to being hunted, you can find yourself in a bit of trouble especially if you're not prepared for that someone to be prepared for you. And while this story does end on a bit of a cliffhanger, we also have Punchline Chapter 3, which is written again by James Tynion IV, but also with writer Sam Johns, featuring art by Mirka Andolfo, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., letters by Ariana Mar, and a story that continues to peel back the effects of Punchline, not only on other heroes, but on a community, and one that is struggling with the uh, possibility to maybe show us just a little bit more about how much she's been doing and how dangerous she actually is. Punchline has been continually making moves since her first appearance. And even though it was during the Joker War and the leading up to it, what she's been doing afterwards could make as much, if not more, of an impact on the world of the characters of the Batman family and universe. I, uh, I really like the way this story is directing us and also pointing out some great possibilities. wanted to point out also... You have your choices on the original cover and some amazing variants. Perhaps one of the most poignant is a gorgeous sketch of Jim Gordon. And it's done with this lovely pencils and great feeling and great wonder. And for me, of all of the best things that make a great comic feel, look, and sound so great, I, uh, 
I really loved going through this list of books and sharing some of the fun surprises inside. Trust me, there is so much more in store for each and every one of these books and a few that I would have loved to have shared with you from books that didn't make it on this week. That's why I'm always looking for the way, the opportunity to share a book that hasn't been on often or as recent and let you know why I think it's such a great pick. Thanks for hanging out with me while I went through this great selection here on episode number 105. And man, I can't wait to share next week and the week after and even more. Thanks for coming in and hanging out. Find uh, DC Comics News Podcast Network on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And when you do, let us know what you're thinking at DC Comics News. It's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. Use that on all of your social media channels and you'll let us know what you're thinking. From YouTube to Tumblr to Twitter to Facebook to who knows what else could be in store. Trust me, it's going to be fun. Let us know what you're thinking, why you're thinking, what we should know, and, well, anything else you want to share. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks for hanging out. Look forward to sharing more books with you next time here on the DC Comics New Spinner Rack. And as we always like to say, read more comics.